Hey, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today we have Miha Matlewski with us all the way from Eastern Europe. Miha has been an entrepreneur throughout his life and he's seen the ups and downs pretty close and that's what we're going to hear from him today. Just to give you a snapshot of his story, he ran a couple of businesses, was very successful at them and then one fine day, boom, he lost everything. And he struggled with failure for a couple of years before he went almost to the brink of contemplating suicide and then came back from there to become a very successful fail coach, as he's called. We'll find out all about him from Miha himself. Miha, welcome aboard. Hi, Rajiv. Did I say your name right, Rajiv? Yes. Perfect. Uh, hi, and uh, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be to be your guest. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. So your story is pretty intriguing. And, you know, of course, we hear from different parts of the world. So Eastern Europe is something different, something new. So we would love to find out more about you, how you started, and how did you get to where you are today? Well, um, the way I started was I dropped out of high school. And I had the luxury that my father had a small family business. Uh, I was the only child and I had somewhere to go to work because I kind of didn't really go well with the whole schooling system. And, you know, you need to learn everything and, you know, uh, how it's molding you into, you know, at least here in Eastern Europe, you know, like in, in, in one certain way of how to do things. And uh, I really didn't enjoy that. So I dropped out of high school when I was 17 and I, at 18, I started working at my father's company. But the thing was that I, I had this most perfect parents and I never had to do much and I never had to learn much. I was more or less just, I loved connecting with people. I loved doing, you know, sales in a non-salesy way, right? Really where you're just creating connections and uh, just the sales comes naturally. So that, that was the sweet spot that I really loved. But other than that, it was more like tequila and partying all, all night long. And everything would be perfect if then, when I was 23, uh, my father was just suddenly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and three weeks later, he was gone. So I had no time to learn everything about running the company. And like I said, I was the only child. My mom, uh, she worked at a bank, um, not even a bank clerk, but just office something, you know, just more or less uh, putting papers from one file into another. Um, so it kind of was natural that I take over the business and uh, not knowing how to run a business, that business slowly, well, not slowly, quickly started declining. But at that time, I was fortunate enough or lucky enough that I found some people who saw something in me. They were ready to invest in the company. Uh, they took majority share, but then they would run the company and I was back to doing what I really loved. And... Uh, Quickly, things started to pick up, and I was doing 100, 150%, 200% more in revenue than before. And, you know, soon it was back to good times, you know, uh, good money, fancy restaurants, good hotels, good traveling, all of that. And since I was always full of ideas, I was always, you know, seeing problems in the world and, and thinking of ways how to solve them, kind of that entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and because they took over the majority share in the company, you know, like I said, 
I'm not going to bring new project into this one. I'm going to start my own company. And so I started one, two, three, four, five of them and, and multiple other projects. And the thing that I got wrong at that time was that I thought I'm so great when in reality, the whole economy system before that crash in 2008 in the US and 2009 in the Europe um, came to be, uh, like everything was blooming. You know, now, now looking back, I can't remember a single company going bankrupt before the crash. Um, but at that time, you know, I was like, oh, I'm so amazing. And because of that, I never took the time to really learn how it is the proper way of running a company and especially how do you lay down the proper foundation and uh, i often talk about the story of the three little pigs you know the first pig made uh, the house out of uh, uh, grass or something the second one out of wood and the third one was the brick uh, house and so my companies were that first house without solid foundation. So when the first crisis came, you know, the first wind blew and bam, um, domino effects started. Uh, one of my companies was in real estate, um, huge project. Uh, and suddenly because of the drop in the, in the prices, uh, my project would not be profitable anymore. It would actually end up with a huge loss. We were in the middle of it and the bank just said, we are out. And because everything I had, all my personal belongings, my personal network, which was at that time roughly around 15 million US, plus all my companies, everything was co-signing that agreement. And so the bank called me on a Monday morning, on Tuesday, everything was gone. And uh, not just gone, but I ended up even being $5 million into personal debt. And I don't know about you guys in the US, but in, in, in Europe... If your companies go bankrupt and you can't pay your employees, you can't pay the taxes. And of course, I couldn't do that because it literally happened overnight. <clears throat> you can't do personal bankruptcy. So you can't, you know, just wave everything goodbye and say, okay, this is now a clean slate. I'm starting over. A few weeks, nothing really happened. I mean, I was like running around uh, and I was sure that I'm going to solve this. And uh, slowly, the calls from people I owed money, companies I owed money, the calls turned from, hey, we are just checking to see when the payment is coming to, you know, we're going to sue you. And then quickly they turned into, I don't know, mafia calls. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to do this and this to you and to your mom and so on. And uh, that put me in, in such huge depression and anxiety and stress and, and everything. Uh, there was just this complete darkness in me, surrounding me. Um, you know how you see the tunnel and there's no light. Like I kind of was thinking like, okay, so I used all the jackpot of, of the good life and now this is it. Like I used it and from here on, it's, it's darkness, it's suffering, it's no goals, no dreams, no nothing. You're a loser, you're a failure. That's it. That's your life. And... Uh, you know, the months went by, um, the calls were in more and more intense and, and everything was happening more intensely. The feeling in my head was like there's a nuclear reacting waiting to just explode from everything. And the idea of suicide, for me, suicide was, you know, you, 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 you do it, you, I don't know, you, you jump from the balcony, 
you might be hurting for a second, you know, like that, I fell down, but then it's gone. And that silence is there. And that silence was so appealing that slowly that idea was more and more and more becoming a reality. And then one night, it was around 11 p.m., I just, I was on my balcony. The, the apartment that I was in at that moment will be taken away a few weeks later. And I just wasn't seeing any sense in keep going. And, and slowly I was smoking my cigarette and I just climbed on the other side of the balcony. And then at, at one point I was just holding myself with one hand and I was like this 45 degrees already, you know, inclined over. One thought that crossed my mind at that moment was, well, will I do this right? Or, you know, will I just really end it? Or am I going to, you know, mess it up and just end up on a wheelchair? But then it was the first time ever. Well, I need to back up a little bit. So because of my perfect childhood and my perfect parents, I was constantly told, you know, how great I am, how amazing I am. You know, it was almost like, I mean, we are recording this on a Christmas Eve, so it was almost like the new Jesus has come, you know, <laughs> like I'm dead great, I'm invincible, everything I touch turns into gold and, and all of that. So for me, it was always very hard to uh, understand that I can do something wrong, you know, like when I do something great, of course that's me, I mean, I'm this great, amazing, superhuman being. But when something bad happened to me, I always found something or somebody to blame. And so fast forward to the balcony, that was the first time ever I said out loudly, you fucking failed. You really, really messed it up. You made so many mistakes. And, you know, it might seem like, oh, a hard burden, but, but hearing myself the word you, you know how in movies, when people are about to die, it, it, this movie starts in their right. head going backwards. Well, for me, it wasn't really a movie. It was just flashes of, you know, you signed this agreement. You chose this guy to partner with. You chose this employee. You, 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 you. But the, the, the amazing part was by hearing myself say all those you, I was like, Oh my God, with so many mistakes, I was able to get to 15 million. If I change, if I learn, if I grow, if I, you know, change my habits, make better decisions, if I change everything, I can do bigger. And this was when, you know, I, I, it, it was like that light suddenly appeared. I mean, it was, you know, on the other side of a very long tunnel, but at least there was a light. You know, I got my dreams back, my hope back. And I climbed back. I stayed up all night, started just writing out on a piece of paper everything I need to change and do. And, you know, like just a huge, huge, huge list of everything that I need to, to work on. And then the first thing in the morning, I started calling, you know, those people who are usually calling me. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't care. I really don't care. Like, if you want to, you know, hurt me, kill me, let's, let's finish that today. Because in, when you call me in the morning, every freaking morning, I, I really, I, I can't put myself in a state where I'm motivated or anything to do something. And 
you know, it's not like I owe you guys $5,000 and I can just get a job and repay you in six months. I owe five freaking million dollars. And, you know, I need to create something huge. So either we end this today or you leave me alone. I'll call you once a month. I'll give you an update. But other than that, just leave me alone. There's so much I need to do to create something big. And uh, I guess they all agreed. I mean, now looking back, yeah, I mean, those were empty threats. I, I don't think any of them was, you know, a professional killer or something. But, you know, when, when I mean, I understand why they did what they did because, you know, um, the whole econ- economy was crushing down. And of course, you know, me not being able to pay them and a few others not being able to pay them would send their company into bankruptcy as well. And of course, it was just, you know, a, a, a reflex, I guess. And they didn't know better or different. But, you know, at that time, I really believed them, that they will hurt me. And so I started this journey, slowly walking this journey of first laying down new solid foundations in myself, learning, changing things, changing habits. uh, And then, of course, also a lot of business development learning. And then, you know, like every Hollywood movie, this story has a happy ending as well in 2014, because actually on February 14th, it was Friday, the Valentine's Day, uh, I was finally able to find investors to back my new startup. We created a company and I was able to scale that company from zero to $50 million in monthly recurring revenue in nine and a half months. Awesome. Um, I, I think I'm still one of quite a few startup founders in the world that was able to scale that fast. Although I did hear uh, a few months ago a story about, I think she's a Japanese lady, quite young, and she started kind of like a Starbucks thingy in China. Um, and I think after 18 months, she's valued at about 1 billion. So like she killed me. Uh, but, you know, I mean, good for her. I, I really wish her all the best and i mean she must be amazing at what she does i mean to do something like that i know how challenging that was that's insane scaling on on all the levels emotionally physically i mean countless days of non-sleeping and so on so yeah kudos to her i mean uh yeah that that was that was insane you know, when you see on YouTube those movies about uh, insanity training or something like that, so it, it probably goes beyond that. Right. Uh, because it's not just physically challenging, but on all levels. Um, and yeah, then in 2015, we, we, we were doing even more, and then uh, an opportunity came by. By that time, my share was quite diluted, but uh, there was an opportunity by a Fortune 100 company to take over. Um, I was able to sell, exit walk away on day one because all the foundation was there, all the systems were there, and I was not needed to, to stay in the company. I was able to repay almost $7 million of my past debts because, you know, over time, the interest, the lawsuits, and all of that accumulated to $7 million. And I had the freedom, the freedom of time, the freedom of money, the freedom of choice. For me, the freedom of choice is the ultimate freedom because you do something because you choose to not because you have to that's a big big difference and like i mentioned to you before the interview when we had our little chat uh this whole coaching thing just kind of happened it wasn't like intentional and 
people just started calling me, companies calling me, oh, I need your advice, I need this advice. And uh, one day I was having a few beers with a friend and, you know, like, what do I do now? Like, do I start a new company or this or that? And he said, well, but you love doing this. You love helping others. Why wouldn't you do that professionally? I was like, you know what? That really makes sense. And then a few more beers later, so the key is in having a few beers. <laughs> uh, uh, I was like, okay, so how do I name this thing? You know, like everybody wants success something, you know, like what, what, what am I, you know, like success ninja or whatever. And, and he said, well, you know, every story that you say, everything comes from those failures. You're constantly talking how, you know, failure is so important, having healthy emotional relationship with failure, how uh, you fail so many times before you have a success. And, and, and all of that, he said, like, you're the fail coach. And I really loved that. I mean, I don't know whether it was because of fear or I really loved it, but, you know, I actually literally at that moment, I went online, uh, I had my iPad with me, I went online, I registered the domain, and I never looked back. And the more I am doing my fail coaching, the more I'm loving it. Awesome. And that's hopefully short enough story. So <laughs> now the floor is yours, and just dig deep wherever yeah. you want. So one question I have for you is, you know, when you talked about coming back and finding investors and starting a new startup, what was that startup? What space was it in? Um, energy efficiency. So we were helping big retail chains and big hotel chains to lower the consumption, not the cost, just the cost. We did a little bit on that as well, uh, but mostly the consumption of how much electricity and how much gas they use. So the time period between when you knew that you know your businesses has failed, had failed and that you had $5 million in debt all the way to when you actually started up again. How long was that? Three, four. Well, I mean, the, my failure was on December 7, 2009. I will never forget that Monday when I get got the call from the bank. And then, so Tuesday, the 8th was when I was flat broke. And, and then the company was started on uh, February 14, 2014. So it was four years and three months. Okay. So let's look at those four years, right? That's a pretty long period of kind of being a failure and thinking about it every day. And that entire emotional roller coaster ride that you talked about, all the way to even thinking of jumping off the balcony, for instance. So what kind of a support system did you have in place at that point in time? And if you did come out on the other side saying, hey, it's my fault, I need to correct it. And then that, that moment where you said, I'm going to call all these guys and ask for time and then go and build something, that's not easy. You know, it, 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 it's, oh. it's not at all easy. And, you know, you're talking about a really large failure. And, you know, you're fighting with uh, emotional battles, you're fighting with self-image battles, you're fighting all kinds of battles. And four years is a long period of time. So can you kind of take us through that journey yeah. and, and what really made you come out of it? You know, it's not easy coming out of it. Yeah, no, um, very simple. The answer is very simple. I had a huge, huge, huge why. And that why then later on changed into different whys. But one thing is uh, that... Part of the deal with the banks was a collateral also on our family house. 
And when I was there on the balcony, I mean, I wasn't thinking too much about my mom. Let's be honest. Like, I thought, oh, it will be better for her if I'm just gone. But, you know, after I went through that aha moment, I was like, I was the one that fucked up everything. It wasn't her. Why would she need to pay for, you know, what I did? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. And, you know, when I saw, when I started seeing that light, it, it's like, I mean, a lot in my branding is about the puzzles. Because I explain this to people. The way I think is, is puzzles. So when you have a problem, like you're an entrepreneur and you have a problem, it's almost like you bought a puzzle box and you bring it, you open it and, and you just throw it, you know, on the floor next to me. And then I start mentally in my head like putting those puzzle pieces together and i don't know how long i was on that balcony to be honest i mean i don't know whether that was a few seconds a few minutes half an hour i still don't know to this day because it's it's a little bit blurry mm -hmm. uh but the thing is um so how the whole thing went is was me saying you fucking failed admitting to myself and then by those flashes of, of past decisions or of past mistakes where I saw that really it was something I did, my mistake, my choice, that, that brought that, that light. And, and together with that light and, and that understanding of all the things that I need to do differently, the puzzle pieces kind of almost like started putting themselves together. I mean, it's hard to explain, but I, I don't know how to better explain it. It's, it's those puzzle pieces. Sure. And, and, and to bundle that with that huge why, that, that was really the answer. And, and from that moment on, it's easy because I, I, I knew why I'm fighting, what I'm doing, and all of that. But, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but before it was just a huge, huge, huge darkness. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the few months from the failure, so the first month, I would say roughly the first month was really more or less me telling stories to myself how I'm going to solve the whole thing. I really believed it, you know, I guess from that perfect childhood and, and being so overly confident and, you know, I can do it, I can take it and so on. Um, I really thought that, you know, I can do it. I, I think that 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 was my you know the first three four weeks were like that, and and then you know the realization oh shit I'm not gonna do this. Then the whole world started just crashing on me, and it was really really hard to really grasp what happened. And then with those calls and everything that started happening, I had. I had no time to really think, you know, I was more in that survival mode, I guess, just taking punches. And then I would just be so depressed that I was more or less just lying on the couch, curled up, you know, being, it, it was hard to be by, by, by myself. I wanted to just go out. And then when I went out, it was hard to be 
even just surrounded with people, even just seeing people smiling, or even if I was alone, just walking, but you know, seeing people smiling and and you know, like oh, they they have goals, they have dreams, they have you know, they know what they will do today, but tomorrow. I remember at one point a friend of mine called me and asked me if you know, like two weeks from now it's my birthday, and you know, I'm just calling people and and letting them know that I have a party. And I was physically, I, I opened my mouth, but nothing would come out. I wasn't able to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say no, but I wasn't able to say yes. Because that seemed so far, and I really didn't know if I'm still going to be alive by that time. So it was very, very dark time, full of emotions, full of negative self-talk, full of just, you know, that battle trying to find some peace and not being able to find it i remember for example every friday afternoon it was like no calls until monday morning wow. but that wasn't you know joyful it wasn't like oh now i can enjoy the weekend i was literally trying not to go to sleep for the whole weekend just to extend it so that the monday would come slower Right. You know, because you go to sleep, bam, you wake up, eight hours are gone. And I was trying to extend that for as long as possible. You know, I don't know why, because I wasn't doing much, you know. I was so just going through the same things over and over and over. And it, it, it was really dark times. But yeah, after that suicide attempt, after, and I mean, there were previous, I wouldn't call them attempts, but, you know, I was driving in my car, I would see a truck truck coming in the other way and i was like you know like just do it just like just turn the wheel you know like so there were plenty of of thinking of of, you know like um and even even jumping and so on and taking the pills and researching on the internet you know how to kill yourself and, and and so on so there was a lot of thinking about that it wasn't like oh one idea and bam i i go on the balcony but then after that moment I don't know, I just had this feeling, you know, once those puzzle pieces clicked, like uh, change stuff, learn stuff, do stuff differently, and, and, and that ray of light on the other side of tunnel, I just kept going. I, I, I had this inner feeling. I remember telling this to, to quite a few people back then. I know that I will make it. I know that I will solve this. Don't ask me how I know. It was just this deep inner feeling that... I will overcome that. But I, I had no, you know, there was no basis for me to think that way. It, was, it wasn't it was like, oh, I had a plan or something. No, but it was just that inner feeling, inner knowledge. I will solve this. I will do this. And and that just kept me going. And, and, and uh, you know, the more I was working on myself, especially on the soft side, you know, like dealing with failure, uh, uh, understanding failure for what it is, you know, the lessons and the growth, uh, uh, mindfulness, uh, mindful meditation, uh, breathing exercises, emotional intelligence, knowing how to balance logic and emotions, and so on and so on. The more I was doing that, you know, the easier it was to just keep going. And uh, the more confident I became, the more I was believing again into the whole thing. And then I remember... What was that? In 2013, yes, 2013, January 2013, 
um, I adopted uh, a dog from a shelter, and uh, really that dog uh, helped me to get back outside, to get back amongst people. You know, you walk your dog, and it's a puppy, and it's like, oh, what a cute dog. And, you know, you stop, and, and you talk with people, and I started more, you know, doing on, 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 on those things. And because of him, I started taking better care of myself, my health, and so on. And it was really because of my love for that pup that I, again, found love for myself. Right. And, yeah, then slowly, one year later, 2014, I mean, I went through a lot of pitching and, and you know, a lot of no's, uh, but I just kept going. I, I so deeply believed that I'm on the right track. I just kept going. So, you know, w- once you decided to take things in your control, you know, you called all the people, you asked them to stay away, you started focusing on your thing and your journey into your new startup and all that. During that entire phase, did you ever have moments of self-doubt or kind of being pulled back into darkness again? Those kind of things happened to you? Yeah, probably every day. Hmm. And I think that's only, I mean... Now that I'm working with so many entrepreneurs, I think that's a normal thing. Maybe not on a daily basis, but you know, like at least once a week, you 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 know, like you're reconsidering and doubting and so on. And I mean, you just dust yourself and you pick yourself up and you go again. So there, there are three things that really kept me, you know, when, when I wanted to give up on everything that kept me. So one is a poem by Charles Bukowski, All the Way. You can easily find it on YouTube. Uh, there's actually uh, a guy with very deep voice uh, telling that poem. I mean, every time I listen to that, it, I, go, I get chills. You know, like if you started something, why would you start something if you're not ready to go all the way? So that was one thing. The second thing was the story of Colonel Sanders, the KFC guy. Right. You know, I could just see him because, you know, I was, I, I'm still a bit chubby, but at that time I was even chubbier and I could just see the guy, you know, 60-ish, chubby, and then that Corolla driving around the U.S., sleeping on truck stops, at truck stops, uh, baking that chicken and then going from restaurant to restaurant. And the guy had 1,009 or 19 no's, you know, so I was like, I'm just, what was I then? Like 30-ish, uh, almost 40. Now now I'm 41. So that was like, I was like 30, what, six, seven, eight. And I was like, you know, how can I not, you know, hear 50 notes? And that guy, I mean, I can do it. If that guy did it, I can do it. So that was like a truly inspiring story, biography uh, that, that kept me going. And the third thing was TED Talks. Like I had this morning routine when I would have my morning coffee was to turn on the TV. And because I had the Apple TV a gadget, um, I flipped to that and, and uh, turned in uh, because you can have TED Talks app on the Apple TV. And uh, I would just listen to TED Talks, the, you know, the ones that are more inspiring, you know, people who went from what I understood that even through bigger adversity and they were now there standing on, on the stage, sharing their story, empowering people. And uh, the amazing thing for me was hearing them say, you know, I, I, I appreciate that experience. And I was like, in my mind, like, how can you, like, you know, like you lost everything or 
you know, you ended up on a wheelchair. How can you say that was the best thing that ever happened to you? Now I can understand. At that time, it was hard, but I think it was that daily routine of, of I really, in the morning and before bed, I would watch at least three or four TED Talks every single day. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your fail coach business. You know, what do you focus on? What kind of things do people come to you for? And is there a lot of an emotional intelligence aspect to what you're doing? I mean, I'm, I'm a business coach. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. So I, I, that entrepreneurs are people who I know the best and can help the best. I mean, you know, in all honesty, things that I, I teach them or things that I coach them on, of course, an athlete could apply that as well. But, you know, I never was an athlete. I don't know the vocabulary and so on. So I don't market to that to that audience so most of my clients are entrepreneurs and usually they come to you you know like oh um my cash flow is like you know not the best or i want to scale my sales and you know because they know most of them they know my insane scaling story and you know how to do it properly and a lot of them want an exit or something like that but one thing that I can honestly tell you is that most of the time I'm more of a life coach than a business coach. I mean, yes, I give them a lot of the business strategies as well. I mean, you know, we, um, I help them revamp the sales strategy, lay down the foundations, scaling, exiting, all of that. But most of the work is on you, the entrepreneur. That's the first pillar of, you know, entrepreneurship right. and, and, you know, uh, teaching them how to be emotionally balanced, teaching them how to be mindful, how to step back and, you know, different mindsets, like, you know, permanent beta, because nothing is perfect. Being adoptable, being a good editor in, in times of infobesity out there, you know, and things like that. So um, at least half of the time, I'm, I'm more like a life coach or I don't know how you would call it, like just helping them to become, because for you to go to, Whatever the next level for you is, it all starts with you inside. Right. It manifests on you on the outside. Then it's the company's foundation. And then only when you have the right foundation, then you can go as high as you want. Awesome. Are your clients mostly from Europe or across the world? No, no, no. Actually, most of my clients are actually from US and Canada. Awesome. Pretty impressive. You know, you've got a wonderful story. You've got, you know, I, I especially wanted to delve into the dark period, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs are without a lot of friends for obvious reasons. And most of the time, it's a solo journey. And it's important to learn from people who've been there and done that, especially the dip going low and trying to come back up again. Not many people make it up back again, but it's important to learn what really helped you to kind of come back again? So that's really, really inspiring in your story. You know, well, I if I can say, if I can yeah. say one thing, this is, I, I think it's actually my quote, or I just use it so often, and it's um, respect everyone, but wait for no one. And what I want to say is, it's your life, it's your dreams, it's your goals, and you know, yes, of course, you know, it's easy when you live in, I don't know, Chicago. And there are meetups going on every day. There is, uh, you know, a co-working space around every corner and so on. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for either quitting or winning. Right. And it's your responsibility to create your supportive environment. I mean, I did things like, I don't know, 
uh, change the ringtone, change your alarm clock sound uh, to something that inspires you. Uh, create vision boards and put them all around the house. Um, you know, make post-its with, with you know, quotes, uh, affirmations. Uh, buy books, read books. Go find a meetup. If you can't find a meetup, I mean, make one. Um, if you can't make one because you live in a small village, um, just, you know, join a Facebook group, join a LinkedIn group, just, you know, join a mastermind. Like, I mean, there's so many opportunities, even if you are, I mean, you know, I've worked with people from all around the world, people from Philippines, people from Africa, from Nigeria, from Kenya, uh, people from Eastern Europe. So, you know, like those are the places where you don't have a lot of entrepreneurship happening. And also the society is still that old mindset, you know, go to school, find a job, work there until you retire. You know, so there is this huge pressure from the outside. But, you know, don't take that. Don't make excuses. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, respect everyone, but wait for no one. It's your life, your dreams. You have to make them come true. Otherwise, you have only yourself to blame. Absolutely. There's so much for plan beers to learn from this. I do have a few questions for you. I'm going to quickly ask them and tell me whatever comes to your mind. What do you think you're most thankful for in your life so far? All my failures. Very rightly put. And what are you most scared of? Uh, regrets. Fear of regrets. That's one fear that I absolutely love. Yeah, I'd rather do something that regret not doing it. Exactly. And what are you most happy about? How I can help so many people. It, it, it's the warmest, the fuzziest feeling in your heart. Awesome. And what do you look forward to? Well, I have this purpose, uh, and it's I want to be the person that really breaks the taboo called failure because it's still such a huge taboo. It is. It is. And what would you like your legacy to be? Um, exactly that. Exactly to that. break the to, to start the movement to start that to to create enough momentum that failure. I mean, it might not be possible to do it in one lifetime, but at least create enough momentum so that that movement of breaking the taboo called failure will continue and will one day, er, we will break it. Yeah, failure is natural. It's okay to fail. And that, that's yeah. it's a stepping stone towards success. You're absolutely right. I tell my clients, there are three things that are absolutely certain. One of them is that we are all going to die. We all have to pay taxes and failure is inevitable. Okay. All the rest is an option. You're absolutely right. Well, this has been great, Miha. It's been great talking to you, very inspiring. I'm sure there's a lot of lessons to be learned for the listeners. There's a lot of deep dive we can do in what you have said to us. Any takeaway that you would like to leave with the listeners before we wind up? Two, two little takeaways. So yes. number one, not just for entrepreneurs, but anybody. Yes. Lay down the foundation. You can't start building anything from the first floor up. You need the foundation first. And the second one uh, is that to be able to be to succeed, you will have to go through plenty of failures. Learn how to establish healthy emotional relationship with failure. Because at the end of the day, that negative emotional relationship will slow you down or stop you 
from achieving success, achieving your dreams and goals. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Take care. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. I hope you found some value. Do check out my website, rajivmudumba.com. And by the way, do check out Top Podcast Mastery Program. That's out there on the website. And if you're interested in podcasting, if you're interested in creating a brand image for who you are and what you have to offer, definitely check that course out. I'm sure it's going to provide you immense value and it'll cut short your journey of researching podcasts by the weeks into a couple of hours to get started and moving on. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.